Welcome back to Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I am your co-host, Dan. I am your co-host, Lex. And we are the only two co-hosts you will ever have. <laughs> Suckers. You did tune into this, so you should you should know what you're getting into. <laughs> so for those of you who are not familiar with our wonderful show, and I don't It's know, not familiar with Lex and Dan. <laughs> which is where we talk about things that you've never heard about. Um, how, about the, I just, how about those Gila monsters? I don't know. I had nothing... <laughs> Um, yeah, so we watch movies that one or both of us have not seen, uh, and we've been taking turns showing each other movies that the other one has not seen. Today, it's my turn to see a movie that I have never seen. And we're keeping the, uh, the Alec Baldwin streak alive. He's been in at least, uh, two films so far this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was in, uh, The Hunt for Red October, yep. and he was in Beetlejuice. Yep. And, uh, today now you're going to see a third Alec Baldwin movie, the second, uh, the first, uh, no, the second, I'm going to get this right now, the second Alec Baldwin movie this season that you have not seen. Wow, that was complicated, but yes, I'll, I'll tend to agree with that. I feel like maybe we're oversaturated on Alec Baldwin and need to mix it up with some, you know, Stephen Baldwin. Right. Some Billy Baldwin. Yes, we can do that. I mean, you, you'll choose next week's movie, but this Oh, week's... yeah, I'm definitely choosing Fled next week, because <laughs> if you want a good movie. <laughs> well, this week's is Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. A 1992 film. What do you know about it? Well, you've assured me it's not about scotch, so I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> um, I believe, first of all, I know it's a David Mamet film. I know um, that too. It's, and it's, was it originally a play? It was. Okay. Um, so I know that it was adapted. He is a, he is a theater writer and a, a film writer. I think he actually either lived or lives in my hometown, um, which is odd. Uh, I know that it's about, so they're all like salesmen, right? Rent real estate agents. I don't know. They're, they're some, they're, they're some all, sort of, they're all podcast ad salespeople. They're all podcast ad salespeople. This is the Lex Friedman story. <laughs> Lex Gary, Lex Ross. <laughs> but you're, um, you're on the right track. And, and you, go ahead. okay. I know that, um, first place is a new car. <laughs> Second place says steak, steak knives, and third place is you're fired or something. Hey, like that. good for you! I know a lot of weird, like random stuff. That was good. Um, do you know whose whose line that is? I don't know, but I do know that I think some of this. You know, I granted I just saw the poster on Netflix, but uh, Kevin Spacey's in here too, right? Yeah, which makes it the second Kevin Spacey movie we've seen this year, I think. Right? Because uh, L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential, of course. Yes. Um, Ed Harris. And so you're seeing this now from the Netflix. No, I, I'm not. I'm staring into space, like just sort of recalling <laughs> things that I remember about this. But oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Ed Harris is in it. Okay. Do you know who I, the, like the stars are? There's two. There's two or three. None more. of those people are the stars. They're, they're all big in it, but there's like three people who I would say, well, two at least, whom you've missed. Okay. Uh, I'm, it might come to me as soon as I like look back at that, but I at the moment I'm blanking on it. And do you know anything unusual about Alec Baldwin's role? Uh, okay, this is not a spoiler, but his role did not exist in the play. It was oh, really? added for the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I also know which mo- it's a uh, what is it? Wow, oh, it's it's always be something. And now I've suddenly I've suddenly, <laughs> I've suddenly blanked on the last word there. <laughs> Sorry, it's be something. That's always right. be something. Always be. I'm, something. I'm a little slow today. That's I'm an a, all, that's ABS. Always be something. 
uh, well, you'll get there. It's ABC, um, right? Like, it is. but I can't remember what. All of a sudden, I just can't. I can't come up with that word. Always you be. You can't close it, huh? You can't figure always, out what it is. Ah, I hate you. <laughs> always be. Always be clobbering. Actually, there's a great once you see that this big scene with the ABC and the first prize, first prize's new car. Once you see all that, you'll have to watch this SNL skit where um, the character involved is uh, heading up Santa's workshop and he's coaching the elves with almost the same speech. Just it's always be cobbling instead. It's it's pretty great. It is pretty great. We'll have to put a link in the show notes or something because it's that funny. All right. I don't know who is Gary and who is Ross, but I'm assuming (laughs) one of the people that we mentioned. Otherwise, this this is just a nightmare. Nightmare waiting to happen. It is possible to watch this movie and still not understand what the title is. Okay, great. And I should also say. I watched this movie as recently as like two weeks ago, so I am primed and fresh and ready. But I liked it so much that when it occurred to me last week to keep the Alec Baldwin trend alive, I feel like you're going to like it. I don't know. It's I like writing. I like Mammoth. I like Mammoth. Exactly. We'll talk about that later. So uh, let's watch it. We're uh, we're paused. We, we're watching on Netflix today. I mean, you should go click on one of our Amazon affiliate links to watch it and not use Netflix. But we're on Netflix, and we paused right after. What was the production logo that faded out? I think it was New Line. New that's Line that's what I thought too. And so for us, it faded out at, with one forty oh nine remaining. And uh, are you ready to watch? I'm ready. Let's count right. it in. You do it. All right. We'll press play in three, two, one. Ooh, Zupnik. I love those guys. Oh, this is. You said nineties because this sounds pretty eighties to me. <laughs> James Foley, not no relation to Axel Foley. Uh, that you know of. See, uh, yeah, Pacino. Okay, sure. He, he's a pretty big star in the movie, and there's one other. That's the guy, Jack right there. Lemmon. I, I saw these briefly as I like hovered over the yeah, screen. There, that'll happen. Are they all on a train? Uh, I believe at least the credit sequence takes place on a train. Ed Harris. Does he at any point say the failure is not an option? Alan Arkin. I love Alan Arkin. And, he's great. And at this point, oh no, no, don't shoot anything. At this point, now you've seen. Just about everybody in the movie. There's like Jonathan Price. Wow, this is like a yeah. this is like a collection of you know white guy actors. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that is true. There are very few even women in the movie. I also know those both guys. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I Wait, Ohan, are you telling me this is a is this a David Mann movie that does not have Rebecca Pigeon in it? Uh, that's quite possible. Bonnie Maybe Timmerman they, they might not like have been married at this point. <laughs> Um, gosh, this is such a good movie. And I know we talked about last week how the folks on 5x5 recently did an episode. Merlin Mann just did an episode that's about right, this movie. That's right. And it's, it's totally worth it. It's that good of a movie. Okay. I, I want to oversell it. I like You must I'm like this digging film. This, I'm digging the smooth jazz. Thank you. It's, is, it's, is this you? Are you playing the saxophone? Um, I, uh, I did it all with... Uh, my my co-music producer, I can't think of his name, I'm ruining this joke, Danny... Um, Elfman. Danny Elfman, that's Wow, cool. really? <laughs> I had to supply you with that? Thank you, yeah. Based on the play by David Meme, I believe he prefers. Mm, the French. I bet Jerry Tukovsky's Jewish, by the way. Probably what Stanley Zupnik, too. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm thinking out loud. Screenplay also by David Meme. What yeah. a coinkadink. Yeah, well, they couldn't find anybody else to adapt it. Directed by James Axel Foley. <laughs> I was right. There's a train. I'm all over this. What payphones? No, some of the movies dated. <laughs> I 
Man, Jack Lemon's so good. I love Jack Lemon. Oh, I hope you like profanity because there is just a ton. I love profanity. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. Just one day, Dan. <laughs> he's got a dent in the side of his head. A little bit, yeah. He's also got something on his jacket, like he's been rained on or <laughs> someone spat on him. <laughs> Could be both. <laughs> I already know why you like this movie. Oh, yeah? Podcast ads. That's it's, all I'm saying. It's, it's true. But I liked this movie before the podcast ends. This is before the invention of the Tic Tac. I think he said the strategy. Yeah. Ooh, new leads. Is this about lead generation? Yes. Hey, how about that? Look at how young these people are, Dan. My goodness. I know. Tell me. Even Jack Lemon looks young here. Yeah. How hot was it? <laughs> that's pretty hot. That is, that's, I mean, yeah, that's extreme. On the internet? Yes. It was on Encyclopedia. That doesn't 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 really work, does it? Well, he's an exciting guy. 
people call you at a Chinese restaurant? Man, God, miss the 80s slash 90s. Yeah. This whole movie takes place in the rain. It makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you know that feeling when you've been in the rain all day and you're just like, gross? Yep. I feel that way watching this Oh my this god, movie. a Dunkin' Donuts from the 80s. Yeah. Slash 90s. Sorry, I keep forgetting this in the 90s because I think it feels like the 80s to me. Whose car was that out front? I don't know, but it, was it beeping? Was it going to blow up? <laughs> is it that kind of movie? Yes. Michael Bay is the exec producer. <laughs> oh man, I'd love to see Michael Bay adapt the David Mamet work. That's Alec Baldwin. That is Alec Baldwin. <laughs> he belongs to the BM. <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin, I told you. <laughs> Malik Baldwin. (laughs) Don't yell at Jack Lemon. Oh, yeah, I know. I know this line. That line. Yeah. This is the scene. This is the speech. (laughs) Aren't they already downtown? They're on the east side. Part of me feels like Alec Baldwin's not acting in this scene. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really a prize. (laughs) You You only have two guys left. the brakes pal don't yell at Jack Lemon he's got a condition <laughs> it's a very long name it's, it's, it's German we call me just fuck for short
I tried to warn you about the language, Dan. Yeah. 80s, 90s, casual slurs. We know how that works. Yeah. I can't help you. We're closing today. <laughs> I'm Jewish, I, sir. Yeah. Aida. <laughs> that doesn't use that. That seems like an obvious. Yeah. This is my life story. <laughs> and then Jack Lemmon had a heart attack. <laughs> this is the end of Jack Lemmon's time in the movie. Less. Twenty bucks. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't seen nothing yet. These guys are so good at sitting there and acting. <laughs> okay, I'm getting an ulcer just watching this. Like, literally? Apparently. I just love that he keeps them in his motivational briefcase. (laughs) And that he got them, he picked them up so smoothly. Now, come on, it's very unlikely that they would end up shining your shoes specifically. That's right, man. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Spacey is just there to look. Yeah. Like a jerk. Yeah. Just waiting for him to say, ooh, this one's nice. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a jerk. Almost forgot my really expensive watch. Because they pay me. 
It's a tautology. That's true. And it's true. It's true because it's true. That's right. Salesmen are born, not made. Wait, Mickey Mouse was there? Do you have a cell phone? <laughs> I like that he's got a podium. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Man, I could not talk to my boss this way. Could you talk to your employees like this? Oh, I always do. <laughs> Well, that's not that fair. Is he going to have coffee? Man, they're all so good, Dan. How does Mamet name these people? Mame, I'm sorry. You know, random David <laughs> Mamet name generator. I don't think they still make that device that Jack Lemon is using. Yeah, yeah. My um My mom used to run the telephone reference department, the library, and they all had the, like, not quite like that, but, like, little, like, rubber things that went on the back of the phones. That Gotcha. Like, yep, yep. Yeah. I know the thing. Yep. Is he just like scamming them now? <laughs> it seems that way. Smooth like butter. Yeah. Pan. I mean, you can see that he knows what he's doing. 
But the leads are weak, man. I hear the I hear the leads are weak. Look at all that rain. God, it's disgusting. These, these guys talk like they're in a David Mamet play. I know it's so sad. I just want to give these guys hugs. Yeah, he'll always be the uh, therapist from Gross Point Blank for me. <laughs> it's fair, Doctor Oatman. Yes, I'll give it a shot. No, no, don't shoot anything. <laughs> That's my Alan Arkin line. No, actually, you can whip a dead horse. They don't even complain. Yes. What if they flipped it? If you win, they fire you. If you lose, you get a Cadillac. No, that's strategy. If you lose, you need a Cadillac. Right, right. Who makes the leads? It's a it's a lead manufacturing plant out in Toledo. Oh. Are they lead certified? Yeah. Don't eat your hat. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> Hats are for closer. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, he's got to eat his hat because he can't afford any other food. It's fair. Now, I have a theory. Yes. In, in part because I've watched David Mamet movies before. Yes. I'm very skeptical about the existence of any of these properties. <laughs> <laughs> I might be totally off base, but... That's science, Dan. You get a lead, you get a person. He's right. That's true. God, I love the way he talks. realize i will never trust salesmen again yeah not that i particularly trust them in the first place but. thank you 
Yeah, these guys in that context are just the worst. <laughs> they they are the worst thing about salespeople. I'm getting flashbacks to buying a car. He closed him. Nice. He's a salesman. But if you don't have anybody. You're right. I love their hatred of the customers. <laughs> I don't think that is all he has to say. You're right, Jack Lemon does look young. I mean, he's alive. <laughs> it's true. You ever seen um, The Apartment? Yes. Great movie. I saw it after a terrible Jason Biggs movie was accused of having ripped off its entire plot, which indeed it had. <laughs> That was a good insult back then. <laughs> Canned ass. A delicacy. <laughs> it's an ultimatum, Kevin Spacey. I miss him. He cut himself shaving. Quite possibly. <laughs> now, come on. That's an insult to toilet paper. Yeah, why would you sell real estate to someone who can't buy a toaster? That's a really good question. Where are they going to put that toaster? Right. <laughs> well, they don't have the toaster. <laughs> it's because they got nowhere to put it. 
Well, you just left Jack Lemmon in the dark. Nobody puts Jack Lemmon in the corner. <laughs> hey, you've seen that movie. Uh, part of it. <laughs> Terrible. That's defeatist. Ooh. It's got you over a barrel, Jack Lemon. He's got man. I hate seeing Jack Lemon in this position. And they're just so wet, Dan. They're so wet. <laughs> this looks so sad. Oh, now his car's all wet. One of them's going to murder the other one. <laughs> There's nobody really totally likable in this conversation. That's true. To people who keep just crumpled money in yeah, their pockets. It's, it's very weird. Kevin Spacey's glasses are a little Harry Potter-esque. This is actually the story of grown-up Harry Potter. I say that, although I've never seen Harry Potter. <laughs> what is wrong with you? lunch right it's a buffet all you can eat it seems bad yeah it's gonna be tough to make it happen It's fine because you keep all your money crumpled up in your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they go to a luncheonette at night? You wanted to change the name? Wait. I thought they meant like trying to sell an Indian right. to someone else. You've got to speak their lingo. It takes some time. That's right. You catch up. It's like the submarine talk last week. Right, right. One ping. Only. <laughs> also, Indian doctors and lawyers? Wow. <laughs> Those are two very different goals. <laughs> Do you think they give you the Cadillac full of gas? Glenn Ross Farms? Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if Alan Arkin completes two sentences in this movie. <laughs> I don't buy five cars. Over oh, 15 years? Yeah, you might. <laughs> I've had two cars in 14 years. Me too. Three. I've got three. Shoes, boots. <laughs> I get that this movie is largely about leads. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, the 90s. Dan, do you mind if I call you Larry? I, a little bit. Who is this guy? He looks familiar. I don't know. That's a giant bear. Thank you. That's Bruce Altman playing Larry. Oh, okay. Any relation to Robert Altman? No. Well, not necessarily no relation, but no public one. Extra hard because his whole life he's also got to be named Shelley. Hmm. 
Oh God, this makes me so anxious. Because <laughs> I've been that guy. Thought you had a jack, Shellen. Oh, he's gonna have to hit the bricks now. <laughs> well, listen. So these bands are basically like a step up from telemark. They're like telemarketers that come to your door. Yes. <laughs> what are you saying, Alan Arkin? That's what he is saying. Premier Properties. <laughs> What's the wants to what? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Did he break your rice bowl? <laughs> he does not sound very sure of that. You're right. We are men. I like the little hand gesture he did when he said free. What? As a bird. Yes. China Resto. <laughs> like the Empire. <laughs> you've, never, you've never seen that. No. <laughs> Why is Ed Harris the only guy who can afford an umbrella? <laughs> Umbrellas are for closers, right? Never mind. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. The only, the only, the only thing they stole were these pinky <laughs> cards. What a strange, random crime! There's also the option of tonight, I might add. <laughs> Does he think Grace is really there? It's hard to tell.
Tarantino's got dead eyes in this film. (laughs) 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 Thanks, David Mamet. Yeah. Pacino is basically in his own movie for most of this movie. (laughs) I was going to say. He's not complaining about leads. (laughs) He's on top of the world. He's selling. You know what he's A and do? He's A and B, C. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. That's the whole reason I wanted you to watch this movie. That long. Yeah, well, he's a beautiful man. (laughs) He's Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) So the only way to sell people is existentialism is what you say. I think that's right. You're going to die someday. Might as well own some nice property. (laughs) I want to know. I want to know why. Hey, the other guy was charging fifty. Do you like him or do you like like him? Uh, And now, the pan. (laughs) I just said no. No. Technically burglary. (laughs) They're not lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
God. Cutting is making me dizzy. Yeah, they go pretty rapid there sometimes. Uh, just, just to be clear, Dan, there are honest people selling things in this world. Uh, are there? No. Alec Baldwin, he's the honest salesman in the movie. Wow. I'm just guessing here. Did you say his role does not exist in the play? Correct. I don't even understand how that works. They just, I guess it was like the Kevin Spacey character just says, yeah. go close and here's the thing and that's yeah. it. Sorry, God. That is true. <laughs> That's not a sentence. <laughs> but it's absolutely right. makes no sense why would they do that that's they're really mean think about how different this movie would be if it was just about email (laughs) (laughs) i like that they're all trying to sell each other Does it turn out that this entire movie takes place in, like, purgatory? (laughs) It's all a dream. It's Walter Matthau's dream. (laughs) It's all in hell. Well, no, I'm not really sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think I figured out what your end is.
So we moved into the blackmail portion. <laughs> <laughs> he's not nice. Yeah, but if he's out, who's gonna who's gonna rob it? I want to drink with Al Pacino after this movie. Not during. He has a lot of questions. Has Jonathan Price said anything yet? Yeah, he gets he a couple of makes a in. lot of... He's just like, hmm, yes. That's not even my name. Why'd you ask if you already knew the answer? Wait, he's got the Glengarry leads? Flamingos. A dozen of them. I'll sell them to you. It is a piece of land. <laughs> what would I know Jonathan Price from besides this? Um... I think Brazil is his most famous role, which I think we conclude neither you and I had ever seen. Yeah. Um, he was in a James Bond movie, a Pierce Brosnan one, as a villain. Gotcha. He used to do ads for, like, Infinity. Oh, remember. yeah, totally, totally, yes. That's exactly what I know him from. I, <laughs> it's because you and I are of an age. Kid Dynamite! He was also in Pirates of the Caribbean, which I've never seen. Oh, jeez. Wow. What that I'm talking to him. Nobody believed anybody in this movie. I wonder why that is. He's wearing a wearing a badge. <laughs> well, I guess we'll arrest him then. It's like on Lost, where nobody answers a question clearly. <laughs> 
How did he do it that late? Always be carring me. Always be contrary. Yeah. Oh, he's got a nice phone. Oh, he's freaking Al Pacino. Fuck you, that's my name. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> He's past the interview. Story checks out. <laughs> this is the only s the second day of the movie. Why would you ask? Yeah, fuck that shit, George. I mean, they could have gotten on the ground floor of Google there. Yeah. I don't think he really wants them. No, I don't think he does either. 
How do you insure them? They're index cards. <laughs> you can insure a book, which is essentially a bundle of, of index cards. <laughs> It's a bold double-breasted suit, Al Pacino. Thank you. I like his tie, though. That's nice. <laughs> Sorry, cops and Indians and doctors. <laughs> I robbed this place. the president of the company <laughs> Barack Hussein Obama hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's nice work if you can get it <laughs> These guys really don't like each other that much. I feel like the internally they kind of like each other, but <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's a good nickname. That is a good We call my uncle the machine. Is he also a Levine? No. His name's Jim Kane, but who knows? <laughs> you should switch to calling him Shelly. <laughs> Do they sell maps for that? Yeah, I was thinking, like, the map might make that more difficult. Depends how you hold it. Harriet and blah blah, my boy. 
totally get some steak knives. <laughs> Can't figure out what's going on here, but it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, you just got served. <laughs> Wait, he's got a mean streak? So I'm going to harbor this one. <laughs> yes, and you are all failing. Always be courteous. <laughs> okay. Failure is an option. <laughs> I hate peaches. I take that to mean a short memory. <laughs> I will not have a good trip. <laughs> I said Wisconsin, damn it. Jack Lemon. I know, language. seriously.
Ooh, short sleeves. Exactly. Bold choice. <laughs> Not to mention the suspenders. This is the good part, Dan. <laughs> Five minutes, Dan. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you want them left defeated, that's right. That sounds nice, doesn't it? I mean, at least they can afford a toaster. <laughs> that was my top priority. <laughs> They're supposed to be brass, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh, Jack, my man. He's full of shit, isn't he? <laughs> Something's, something's wrong. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, he doesn't. (laughs) 
Cherry Craft actually work across the street? That would be really ballsy. <laughs> I like Baldwin did his job a little too well. <laughs> That's how all confident salesmen are. <laughs> Lex, never do this to me. <laughs> yes, and you freaks. Man, deer in the headlights. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> I love the play of I just have no understanding of how time works. God, I feel so bad for Jonathan Price right now. Lex, Lex, I'm so anxious right now. This is like watching The Office for you? It's kind of. Man, you say that I meet Gestapo tactics sentence too many times, it loses all meaning. I You know, the funny story about David Mamet's repeated dialogue is that he just had a bug in his computer. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe he just grew up with somebody who was hard of hearing, so he was just used to people repeating themselves all the time. You know, I'm kind of hungry for lunch. <laughs> mm. Oh, I get it. You're with a customer. How did I not notice? She never loved me.
<laughs> yeah, it's Ricky Jim. He's wearing the same tie as yesterday. He wants his money back. No, it just feels like yesterday. <laughs> I'm not a salesman. I'm a fixerman. <laughs> I'm a dream maker. Go stand at the podium. That'll help. Tell him about the Cadillac. She's a murderer. <laughs> She's a saleswoman. <laughs> She's Mrs. Glengarry. <laughs> Why did she send him at all? Clearly he's not up to the task. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, he said you have a Bond there. And that guy was in a Bond movie, you said. It's true. It's all connected, man. Please can be.
And then Al Pacino murdered Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. actually even seem that interested in talking to him. <laughs> Your patience is overwhelming, sir. <laughs> No one talks about Fight Club. <laughs> he looks so petulant there, too. <laughs> Thank you for
I like that we're casting aspersions on his character because they weren't able to force a guy to buy something. He didn't want. Two guys had the same criminal plan on the same night? They're not that smart. Screw over Alan Arkin, too?
That's like the worst thing you can say to a salesman, apparently. Would they, why, why would you send him? Because he's a jerk. <laughs> they would have to be insane to do that. <laughs> <laughs> As reasons go. phones well they've earned them well coffee's for closers he cl well he had clothes <laughs> At least I got a dial tone. Oh, they stole Jack Lemon's thing that keeps his phone on his shoulder. Well, technically he stole it. <laughs>
pieces, Al Pacino. <laughs> it's just really casual and offhanded. Not even thinking about it. This entire movie is obviated by color ID. <laughs> That's the machine. <laughs> now, Dan, I have some, uh, I have some good news for you. Hey, his name was Blake. Yeah. The uh, the good news is, my friend. Tell me that news. You have now seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I have. It I it was pretty good. I liked it. I got to ask, did, did Jack Lemmon win an Oscar for this role? I don't believe that he did. I believe that Al Pacino got some awards. Yeah, I, I, would, I would buy that. I feel. I mean, I. I think they all did well. I, that, I mean, that's this what's so it. great about it. It's just everything about it is so well done. Like, there's no lovable characters, obviously, or anything. Yeah, um, but it's a, it's an actor's movie, yeah. right? Like, it's a, you know, there's nothing to take away from because every scene is about interactions between these characters. There's no set dressing. There's no, uh, you know, there's no plot that doesn't directly involve these guys talking to each other. So it's really just. You know, there's a there are roles for them all to sink their teeth into, I right? Think, and that's what, I mean, and you can tell the theater background of it, right? Yeah, it seems pretty obvious. Exactly, it very much feels like a play. Uh, so yeah. Jack yeah. Lemmon was voted best actor by the National Board of Review. Pacino was nominated for the Academy Award for supporting actor for best actor in a supporting role, but he lost to Gene Hackman for Unforgiven. However, the same year, Pacino won best best actor for A Scent of a Woman. So he was doing fine. Ah, he didn't mind. Gotcha. He was nominated in both categories. Uh, how familiar are you with The Simpsons? Uh, eh, a little bit. I've seen an episode. There's a, there's a, a salesman on that uh, occasionally who shows up on The Simpsons named uh, Gil Gunderson. Mm-hmm. And it is 
you can't see it and not realize instantly it is based on Jack Lemmon in this movie. It's the same same voice and mannerisms and inability to sell. <laughs> I really I really like Jack Lemmon in this movie. I do think this is I mean, is this his last great role? Um, that's possibly true. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think because he's. I mean, yeah, I was trying to think what he what he did after this. I think he did like Grumpy Old Men and stuff after this, but this might be his last really, really great role. I mean, so I, I, it's funny because you think about all the different actors in the movie, and it's a lot of really good actors, and you're like, well, who does the best job? But they all do so well. Yeah, I know they do. They do. Actually, he was in a bunch of stuff after this, huh? Yeah. Glenn Gary Ross was 92, and so he did Grumpy Old Men in 93 and Grumpy yeah, in 95. Short, but he did, like, Shortcuts, and he did uh, My Fellow Mary. He did Hamlet. Yeah. Yeah. He did a 12 Angry Men remake. God. Um, and he's, I mean, it's this is very much not the kind of role for which Jack Lemmon is known in the sense of, like, what his style sure yeah right i mean like i think of you know some like it hot in the apartment and stuff like that right Right. where he's kind of the lovable or the odd couple right where he's like you know got a certain amount of he's uh what's what was the word i was just about to use it's not not a schmuck that's not what i mean but like a you know he's kind of a uh a bumbling comic figure right right here he's really like super sad sad he puts that he puts it on though right like you can it's the when those moments when those come through and you're watching him like trying to sell and he's wheedling and he's like working that sort of like i'm just a kindly old man right like that's and that's what makes this a brilliant role is that he jumps back and forth from that kind of seamlessly right he's clearly like he has the talent to be a good salesman it seems to me like when he shell levine in from and like when he does all that stuff well but he's got the i mean like it's clearly he's 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 over the hill right like he was a great salesman yeah and he's trying to recapture that, but it's not as easy. He's, you know, he's, he's burned out. He's, he's clearly got stuff going on with his, his family, right? right. Like, yeah. you know, a all sick this daughter stuff or something. On. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's interesting too, is that how little, how little we go into these guys' stories and yet how well we feel like we know them just from what we see of them here. And, and it's fascinating to me to watch a movie where it's like the only context in which we see these guys is working, right? Yeah. In a sense, they take Alec Baldwin's lesson to heart. They're closing constantly, right? right? They are selling constantly. Um, we don't see their home lives. We don't see them interact with their families. We hear that many of them have families, right? but we don't know anything about them. Yeah. Um, Jack, I mean, Jack Lemmon's probably the one that we know the most about. Right, and all we really know is that he's got like a, a dying or very unwell daughter in a hospital somewhere, it seems. Right, right. Um, and they all try to, I think the fascinating thing to watch is they also, they're all trying to sell each other, right? Yes. And the, like all of their interactions are based on attempting to close each other, right? Right. There's a power dynamic and it's like, they're constantly trying to get the other, to, to get the leverage and the upper hand There's just on the other person. Like Ed Harris trying to convince Alan Arkin <laughs> to break in the office with him. <laughs> so cruelly. So cruel, like every, like basically running the gamut of like, I'm going to entice you, I'm going to coax you, right. I'm going to threaten you, like yeah. I'm going to basically use every trick in my book and then to try and. Arkin doesn't you. do it, right, right, and that's the the kind of the shocker there is like, and I, it's interesting, I didn't see that coming. Yep. Um, you know, and it's not that it's it's hardly unbelievable, especially when we see, uh, you know, earlier in the movie when Jack Lemmon's dealing with Kevin Spacey and we see his desperation, right. Right. You know, there's there's clearly uh, he's clearly got the 
the motive yeah. to do it. Yeah. What what I like on and again, like I said, I've watched this movie just a couple of weeks ago. But every time I watch it, there's new lines where oh, this is my favorite moment. No, this is my favorite moment. But there's just so many good interactions. Like obviously, Alec Baldwin has that pretty compelling scene of his own, and that's his only thing in the movie, right? He doesn't show right, up right, ever again. Right. So you know, he's he's got an eight minute monologue, and then he's done. But that obvious, I mean, that scene is is probably the most quoted part because it's so well done by him. But then, uh, and like I said, while we were watching, I'm not convinced he's acting in that scene. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's just, there's so many different good moments as the different characters interact. Like Pacino's entire sale to, uh, what's that actor's name? Jonathan His Price. whole sale to Jonathan Price. Yeah, so crazy. I know, that's curious. I'm fascinated by that because there are, I feel that there is subtext to that, right? That is, how is he getting him to sell this? Like, to my mind, the thing that I take away from that, which is never stated and there's nothing like in the literal text of the movie, but like I thought he slept with him basically. Interesting. Well, the, the dynamic between them, like he's selling him and I felt like to me what I was taking away from this was that this guy was like a closeted gay man and Pacino had figured that out and was using that as his angle to sell him. Like, And, and that's totally... Totally just like an interpretation. Right. Like based on like the body language and the way they interact. Um, and it could be totally off base, but like, especially that last scene, watching Jonathan Price in that last scene, he's so good in that scene because the way that his, his body language and everything, he keeps like putting his hand over his mouth or keeps like pressing his hand against his chest. You know, the way that he's, he's moving and talking and he won't make eye contact and he kind of mutters a lot. Like he barely gets a, like a word in edgewise, right? Right. You know, and he's he is clearly, you know, deeply conflicted about something. And it may just be that this deal, you know, he made this deal without his wife's permission and that causes him angst. But it feels like it goes deeper than that to me. And it's just like, you know, because he feels like he's done something. He's committed a betrayal. And so you are not the only person to make that conclusion. I I thought the first time I saw it, I thought that it was weird because it seems like Link keeps trying to move himself physically closer into, yeah, into yeah. you know, um, Pacino's personal space. And yeah. then, like, nothing ever happened with it. So I was like, oh, I must be wrong. But then after watching it multiple times, there's there's a... The theory that you'll read about on IMDb at some point is that potentially that Roma is sensing that Link is closeted and is using that to right. try to to try to just not, not necessarily to have slept with him but just to say like, you know it, I'm okay you're okay him. right yeah, yeah and um i i don't think it's definitive either way i don't think it has to be yeah. i don't think that's important i mean like that's there's space for interpretation there um you know and i think there's there's room to sort of discuss you know a lot of stuff happens off screen in this movie right yep you know, everything from, you know, Jack Lemmon's final sale there. Right, to, to Jack Lemmon you know, getting involved in the robbery. Right. Like all the all this, in some ways, so much of the meat happens off the scene. And we're seeing the moments between the plot points, if you will. Um, you know, and I, I think that's kind of a fascinating approach to it. Um, is we, I mean, we see Pacino selling a client. And we see Jack Lemmon's one failed attempt to sell a client. Um, and it, But it, those are those are almost aberrations to the rest of the movie where we hear about things that they've done or see them, you know, going off to do something without actually seeing what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, it's a really interesting approach. Again, it's, it's a very theatrical approach. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I did come out of this feeling very much like I've been, you know, we've all, someone's tried to sell all of us at one point or another. Right. And, 
you know, you kind of suspect this, this is what it's like <laughs> well, behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because there are parts of it where, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a salesperson. I'm also a sales manager, right? I have salespeople who work for me. And you, I think about how do I motivate them? Very much not in the Alec Baldwin style. But, you know, you think about it, there, there are parts where it's like, well, yes, you should always be closing. That's good. That's right. Then everybody makes more money. So always be closing. I like do that. You, do you not let any of your employees drink coffee? Uh, they can only have chai tea lattes. That's my policy. I mean, when they're closing. Clearly. True. Yeah. <laughs> Chai is for closers. Um, uh, it's, the, it's the hipster version. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, these are, you know, David Mamet and Aaron Sorkin are not similar writers in many contexts, but they both are very. But they have, you know, I was thinking about them. Well, I was thinking there's about. A similar I kept thinking vibe. about A Few Good Men, right. which I actually haven't seen, but I kept thinking about it. It's, it's, they're dialogue rich. They aren't giving you any shortcuts to understand what's happening with the plotting. Like you have to pay a lot of attention. They have multiple conversations going at once or people who are, there's that scene where um, Ed Harris and Alan Arkin are both basically monologuing at the same time as if it's a conversation. And they're in the diner, Right. right? Like, yeah. And so, you know, they both do a lot of that. But when you look at most of Aaron Sorkin's things, there are the good guys and the bad guys. But here, there aren't really any good guys because even like the best behaving characters are selling what they know is worthless by using deceptive, evil well, tactics. And, and arguably, the most—I don't know—I I, I, maybe I'm not even sure I can call him the most moral character. But like Kevin Spacey, actually, to a certain extent, has like a morality going. He's on the right side of things in some ways, but he's also just. He's a jerk. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm not going like, to accept that from you because he's he, he. Let me let me make the case against him being at all the the moral I, I, center of the film. I, no, I'm he not. I'm not saying he's the moral no, center, know, but he knowingly gives Jack Lemmon that shitty lead over and over again because Lemmon yeah, says he's seen yeah. it a lot. He he, um, you know, reneges on his initial deal to take just twenty percent. Says I also need fifty bucks a lead. Yeah, yeah. He's willing to do all those things, and he says, if you tell me where the leads are, I won't tell the police he did this, and then immediately goes to tell the police. That's a fair point. So I'm just saying, Kevin Spacey is horrible. I mean, he's really good, <laughs> but his character is horrible in this film. Oh yeah, you're right. There's no, there is no, nobody has moral high ground in this With film. The possible Except maybe a, Alan Arkin. Well, yeah, Alan Arkin. He doesn't yes, do it right? right. Like he doesn't. He gets the opportunity to be. That's true. You know, to help steal the leads and then opts clearly not to. Um, I would say also maybe Jonathan Price. He's uh, he's not terrible. Uh, in the movie. He's not like his morality is irrelevant. Right. In the movie, though. Yes. <laughs> He's, he's um, really good. Yeah, he is really good. There's not a bad role in this movie. I mean, granted, it's also a movie that's not heavy on the diversity. Right. Um, but, you know, of these actors, these you can't pick out someone who is not performing at the top of their game in this movie. Um, and it's a fascinating assembly of, of actors and characters uh, because there's just so many different... Like, despite being, you know, a bunch of white guys, like, it's also... You know, there's very different personalities. There's people at very different stages in their life. Yep. You got like, you know, Alan Arkin and and Jack Lemmon on one side, and Pacino and Ed Harris on the other side, and Kevin Spacey kind of caught in the middle. Right. And yeah, it's 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 a fascinating, fascinating group. I mean, and Ed Harris is just he's got so much anger from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's funny because that kind of peters out at the end, where it's weird because he seems to kind of get out of it. Yep, right. He gets questioned by the cops, and then he gets pissed off at Jack Lemmon. And leaves, right? And and Al Pacino and leaves, and you know, but then he, lemon lemon like throws him under the bus basically. But like he clearly got away, got out of that interview without right arousing their and suspicions. You, you almost have to wonder if part of his anger at Lemon is 
to try to distance himself either intention both of them mm-hmm. intentionally or not like well no we have no connections to each other we would never commit this crime together right right yeah i don't know i don't know if he thinks that far ahead right. if he's just an opportunist yeah the um the uh the actors in the film apparently like to refer to it as death of a fucking salesman <laughs> uh, i believe that saying that it was akin to death of the salesman but with more profanity so i i do like that analysis of it but so you like the salesman good. part two it's been it's been hard for me to to sometimes find movies that you like and i just felt so good about this one because it's no it's, it's a good, a good it's, a, it's a it's it is a very good movie i really like mammoth um i'm trying to think i was i was thinking about other things that i have seen by him and other movies that are really liked by him um and there are several um let's see i'm trying to remember which ones uh you seen Heist? Ever seen Heist? I don't believe I have. I don't think I've seen many other Mammoth films, to be honest. Hey, we watched a um, we watched one that he wrote, Wag the Dog. I've seen and enjoyed. I like Wag the Dog. We, in fact, we have previously watched a David Mammoth. The film. Untouchables, right? Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Um. Yeah. He wrote. Man, he wrote a lot of movies. I was looking to see. Uh, I've seen The Untouchables, um, Gary Ross. Uh, the Spanish Prisoner. You ever seen no. that? No, that's pretty good. Um, I've seen Wag the Dog. Ronan. I guess he he wrote under a pseudonym, which is actually a pretty good movie too. Jonathan Price is in that movie. Interesting. Um, the Winslow Boy. I saw that one. State in Maine is pretty good. If you've never seen that, um, is that a comedy? It is a comedy. I think Philip I have. Seymour yes, Hoffman's I think I have seen it. that one. That's when I was thinking about it. That was the other David Mamet film I was going to say. I probably see that one's pretty. That one's pretty. Hey, good. Alec I like that one a lot. I don't remember anything about yes. it, but I did see it. Um, I think it has to do with them filming. They're filming a yeah, movie. Yeah. Like in a like. Is a that the town. one that was like rife with production problems and issues and stuff? Because there were two movies that I came out around maybe. the same time. I think might have been it. Um, Heist. I've seen Spartan is also pretty good. Um, I know a lot of people liked Red Belt. I didn't see it. So. Um, yeah, so I've seen a bunch of his movies. So this was an this was a lower risk pick than I thought, maybe. Well, he I think he's a really good writer. That's good. Um, I don't, you know, he's not ever. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, for me, I I enjoy. I think he has a he has a way with words, and I will certainly watch anything that he's written. Sure. I don't know if I'll like all his movies, but I will definitely. Right, watch he gets them. the benefit of the doubt of at least getting the trial run. I like that. Sure, I approve. Absolutely. Well, so you liked it. I'm really glad. I'm happy. I'm excited, and um, it's a movie that I can watch anytime it's on. And if I can't figure out something to do, um, it's on Netflix. So I, I I I watch it multiple times a year. This is my second time this year. So Excellent. I'm a fan, Excellent. and I'm glad you're a fan too. What are we going to watch next week? Do you know? Well, I thought uh, I thought really hard and long about this, and I think we're going to watch. Um, one of my all-time favorite movies, which I've been saving to show to you, and I figure I think this is my my last pick of the season, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use is it, it from Star Wars. It's not Star Wars. Um, it is a movie called Sneakers. Okay. Do you know anything about Sneakers? I think if I do, I'm confusing with something else. Like, is it is it about hackers? It is okay. So that's not the okay. movie Hackers. Okay, good. It's not about shoes, right? Okay, so I, I is it. Uh, is Angelina Jolie in it? That's the only thing. No, that's, that's hackers. hackers. Okay, so I know nothing about sneakers. Just not. Okay, good. All right. Well, well, we'll watch that next week. I think you'll enjoy it. I hope you'll enjoy it. I look it. forward to it. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for showing me Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. My pleasure. Thank you for watching it with me, and uh, I'll see you next week to watch sneakers. Well, let's close the show. Always close the show. <laughs> Always be closing. <laughs> Thank you.
Don't eat your hat. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> Hats are for closer. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, he's got to eat his hat because he can't afford any other food. 